This is Pod TST. I'm Kenneth Arthur. Every week we talk about the Rams. This week, the Rams on Sunday Night Football are taking on the San Francisco 49ers. I'm with Kyle Posey of Niner Nation. NinersNation.com. Is there a Niner Nation? Is that a thing? Um, I mean, everyone, everyone has their own little saying. So you could, whatever you say, you can make it your thing. How about that? The Niner, you know, you're a Niner or you're in the Niners. Uh, last year, the Niners were in the Super Bowl, And um, obviously a lot of teams, it's been an ongoing a pattern uh whatever you know teams go to the super bowl and then the next year maybe they're not as good as a team that went to the super bowl just that previous year um and it is early it's only five games a lot can change between now and the end of the season but the 49ers you know kyle they're two and three and looking at the schedule especially thinking that the 49ers a year ago you know uh how good they were a year ago you would have thought this is a five and oh type schedule uh, the teams that they played were not are not that good, and probably not uh, maybe not any playoff teams, with the exception of the Eagles, um, and that is because of the division that they're in. Um, and the Cardinals, you know, could also be a good team. But uh, is there anything? There's been a lot of there's a lot of the reason is the injuries. Is there anything though in the off season that you feel um, contributes like to the San Francisco's start? No, I mean it's easy to make a lot of excuses and there's no getting around the fact that 13 players are on the injured reserve. But as you said, nobody's going to look at the first five games and think, wow, that was murderer's row. They just haven't been playing well and they haven't executed. And it, it starts with the quarterback that the offensive line hasn't helped. Not having receivers hasn't helped, but Jimmy Garoppolo just has to play better and he hasn't. And obviously he missed some time with injuries and they had to, you know, throw out some backup quarterbacks and, they played like backup quarterbacks and at the worst possible times the defense has given up you know just big plays to players that you shouldn't be giving up big plays to so (laughs) just lack of execution is really what it comes down to man you know it sometimes maybe it's just because it's been a while um but you know after steve young retired and we're talking about steve young now but after you know steve steve young goes down in 99 and they they make the switch to garcia you know and then like a lot of franchises do, the Denver Broncos, uh, the Miami Dolphins. You have a legendary Hall of Fame quarterback. For the 49ers, it was two in a row, um, like the Packers are dealing with right now, dealing with uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but since then, you know, it's like, okay, it, a lot of teams struggle to find that replacement, and I'm looking at it, and it just really doesn't hit me that, you know, dating back to the previous decade, you know, this is a team led in passing by – Alex Smith one year, then Colin Kaepernick the next three, then Blaine Gabbert, then back to Kaepernick. Then you bring in Garoppolo uh, in 2017, and even though he only uh, starts the final five games, you know, I think he, he leads the team in, in passing that year. And then Nick Mullins, and then Jimmy Garoppolo. And this year it's back to Nick Mullins just because of, like you said, injuries and stuff like that. Um, is there a, how Do you think that there's a way to – stop the inconsistency at the quarterback position um right now is there a, how's the confidence in Garoppolo um changed over the last year well I think that there are there's one segment so everybody's just divided on him and that's been the case for a while which is fair because there are times where he does look like a very 
good quarterback. And there are other times where, you know, he looks like how he did last week. So a lot of the things that he showed last week, they're not new. It's just if you're watching these games with blinders on, then they're going to be new. So it'll be tough. Kyle Shanahan said that he feels like they're throwing the ball too much. So maybe just relying heavily on most or more moving forward, trying to get the 49ers and, you know, better positions. So it's not third and eight, third and 10, third and 12. So Garoppolo doesn't have to win you games. You're not reliant on his arm only. But I mean, just think about that. When we're, when we're talking about taking the ball out of the quarterback's hands to improve your offense, that's never a good sign. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Raheem Mostert has 34 carries this season. He has 238 yards, um, seven yards per carry. And two years ago, he actually had exactly 34 carries, just like he has right now. And he had 261 yards for 7.7 yards per carry. And last season, 5.6 yards per carry. So when you just look at uh, what he's done under Kyle Shanahan, 212 carries, 1,307 yards, 10 touchdowns, 6.2 yards per attempt. I mean, Raheem Mostert, a lot of people, you know, they talk about the system that a Shanahan runs for running the running uh, for running backs and Raheem Mostert, you know, undrafted, unknown, spent a lot of years not getting any carries at all in the NFL. Uh, is the, is, is Raheem Mostert like a Jamal Charles type and he just hasn't been found or, or how do you explain that? Yeah, I, I do think he's a star. I think he's very good. It helps that he's probably going to be the fastest person on the field every time he's on the field. So that gives, you know, that big play ability, which he does every game. Like, it seems like every game there's a run over 30 yards. And mm -hmm. when you do that, it's very easy to rely on him. But he's been banged up a little bit, and they, and they knew that coming in. But he was a special teamer. He's been cut seven times. So he's he's been through the gauntlet, and he's he's worked his butt off to get to where he is. So it's easy to root for players like that. Um, but – for whatever reason, in the Shanahan system, much like McVay's, there's never really a true number one running back. Yeah. And that, hasn't, that wasn't the case last year, even as Mostert was, you know, ascending to stardom. And even this year, it hasn't, they haven't been over-reliant on him for whatever reason. I mean, we're talking like, uh, you know, again, it's like the first five games, but we could be talking about this team. Um, first of all, how many of these players will play on Sunday? Um, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel. So they should all suit up. They're fine. Um, Samuel, Samuel, he, he's only practiced. This is like his third week of practicing since the Super Bowl. So he still hasn't practiced for double-digit practices. So he's still going to be playing himself into shape. So he'll, he'll probably be on a pitch count still, but they're all going to yeah. play. And, I mean, you look at that, it's, uh, it's not hard to see a 49ers team that can still, let's say – when they get fully healthy or when they're at least a little bit more healthy and in a groove, it's not hard to maybe see a team that wins like their last six games or, you know, puts together um, a streak right now. I guess right now it's just about that next game. And the five questions, you know, I even asked you how important maybe this game would be towards your expectations because winning and going three and three, it's not that crazy. I mean, three and three is not bad. It's like fine, you know, and especially right now with the seventh seed, plenty to play for. Uh, how confident do you think you are in the 49ers between now and Sunday? Yeah, and as you said, Sunday is pretty much everything. It's I don't want to say it's going to come down to the season in a 16-game season, but yeah, it's a divisional game. You don't want to fall 0-2 in your division because they did lose to the uh, the Cardinals already. Yeah, and this just will give us a an idea of where the 49ers are at as a team because 
most of the players that are on injured reserve, they're going to be like that for the rest of the season. Like they're going to get their center back. But aside from that, they're going to get a couple backup pass rushers. But this is going to be who the 49ers are. And if they cannot hang with the Rams, like if they're going to just get blown to smithereens, then it's probably going to be time to just pull the plug and yeah. talk, talk draft in October, which is nuts for a 49er team <laughs> that just is off the Super Bowl. Uh, I was just thinking about the draft. Uh, how closely were you monitoring that first round this year? The 49ers were very active in it. Um, and, like, how do you feel about the players they picked versus the players they didn't? Yeah, so when they moved on from DeForest Buckner, it was obvious that they were going to pick a defensive tackle to replace him because John Lynch has been adamant that we are going to win with four dominant defensive linemen. So they took Javon Kinlaw. He has, I mean, he's been fine. He's showed flashes. And it's not fair because we were so spoiled from Bosa last year that everybody just expected Kinlaw to come in and just be this um, world-meeting, dominating defensive lineman. Rookies just don't play like that. So, I mean, he's fine. He hasn't stood out. And I imagine a lot of fans would like to have seen more production from him. Ayuk, he has – I mean, he's, he looks good in yeah. the roles that they're using him. But, we, I mean, everybody wanted C.D. Lamb. And we've <laughs> seen what C.D. Lamb's doing right now. So, yeah. I mean, Kyle Shannon kind of gets stuck in his own ways and has blinders. He actually said that he had Ayuk and C.D. Lamb rated together, which, sure, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what do you think about Justin Jefferson? That's another guy that snuck in there uh, after C.D. Lamb and before Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, no, he's a good player. I, I actually thought I wasn't as high on him, uh-huh. but just how the Vikings are using him, I like that. I like him a lot. And, I mean, he he seemed to me more like a slot receiver, and the 49ers have all those slot types. But, I mean, Jefferson has probably exceeded expectations already. He looks great. Do you see any uh, players on the, on the 49ers who could be, and it doesn't have to be a running back, but who could be like a Raheem Mostert, like giving him, uh, once they get more time, um, that they could be like exciting and uh, maybe they weren't a high draft pick, but that they've got a, a good future. I do. I think defensive tackle Kevin Givens, I'm not going to say star, but he's going to be a very competent player that will play a big role for them. Uh-huh. So with moving on from Buckner, obviously it's going to open up opportunities for other people to play. And DJ Jones, who starts at nose tackle, but comes off the field on most passing downs and losing Solomon Thomas as well for the season has given him opportunities to play. And Givens just did a good job of making the most of those opportunities, winning a lot. He honestly has been their best interior pass rusher, even more than Kinlaw. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, what do you think of the Rams so far through five games? Surprised? I think we're all a little surprised, maybe to this degree. They've been one of the most efficient passing offenses and passing defenses just like the 49ers last year just like the Chiefs last year you know the two Super Bowl teams uh sustaining that for 16 games and then the playoffs is is the real challenge um but uh how 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 surprised are you by the to the Rams and uh, what are your thoughts so I'm not totally surprised people were jumping off of Sean McVay last year but I mean they went nine and seven for him to go nine and seven with everything that they went through, I thought it was like a good coaching job for what he did. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm not really sold on golf. I still have issues with golf, but he's putting him in such good situations. And it helps a lot that, you know, their offensive line, they look like a sieve last year and they're just giving him time and they're opening up rushing lanes this year. Mm-hmm. And on defense, I mean, when you have a star cornerback, life is easier because you can kind of, you know, put every, put all your resources on the other side of the field. 
Yeah. And obviously, Aaron Donald, he's a, he's a game wrecker there. So, I mean, they're, they were a good team. They are a good team last year. They were competitive. And I think McVay's done a good job of just continuing to add little wrinkles on offense. And um, they're, they're just – they're using their – they're putting their players in great positions to succeed. And, I mean, it's one-on-one coaching, but he's really good at that. Yeah, would you um, – ha- you mentioned the uh, Jalen Ramsey and having a number one corner and having a star corner like that. Is Richard Sherman – A, is Richard Sherman the last – few times you've seen him play is he a star corner today uh the last time he played would you say he's still is a star corner and uh when is he supposed to come back I do not think that Sherman is a star cornerback I don't think he's been as good as PFF thinks he is um he's played well and that's not to say like he's not a good cornerback a quality cornerback but he's just not the top five top ten guys uh he can get beat deep and it, honestly, it's been the same the last couple of years. So he, he's still susceptible to deep routes. And I don't think he's as quick. And that's really hurting him. Mm-hmm. And as far as when he's coming back, I don't know that it's going to be anytime soon. So Shanahan said that he had a setback and he's trying to get treatment and nothing's really working. So they're kind of dancing around what exactly is going on. And whenever that happens, especially at his age, it's yeah. just not promising. So. I'd be surprised if uh, we see him before December, honestly. I didn't realize that the 49ers didn't have uh, second, third, or fourth round picks this year. Is that any sort of – do you think that contributes a little bit to, like, the depth issues and so so on? Absolutely. So they moved on from – or they traded for D Ford, and that's been a disaster because he hasn't really done anything for them. And they gave up multiple draft picks. And they also traded for Emmanuel Sanders, which was fine. Like, they were close, and they needed to make a move. Mm-hmm. And then when Joe Staley retired, they traded for Trent, uh, Trent Williams. Yeah. So they're giving up these middle-round picks, and that's where depth, and not just depth, like second and third rounders, those, should, those guys should still be starters, or you should be able to get some kind of production out of them. So they haven't been able to do that, and, and they're hurting now because of it. I mean, if the 49ers, it's such an interesting case with Kyle Shanahan because I feel like when I watched the 49ers this season, uh, when I have, I've, I feel like I've still seen um, just like a really smart coach who's doing the best things he can with what he does have to some degree. And yet, Kyle, at the end of the day, if, if the 49ers go 4-12 and or 5-11 and or 6-10 and this season, that's three out of four that John Lynch and Shanahan have had bad seasons and one Super Bowl where they looked like the best team in the NFL after four years. Like, you know, if they lose to the Rams and they drop to two and four, and then they're just sort of like trying to put together their, find out who their best team will be for next season. Um, is, do you lose any faith in Shanahan and John Lynch? Um, not, not really. I know. And I know that sounds like super homerish, but they there was going to be like a rebuild process when they took over because when they took over the roster it was a disaster mm-hmm. and it was going to take a couple of years so and I thought they did a good job of you know slowly accumulating talent and I also think at the same time that the excuses using this year I mean every team is suffering from injuries and yes you lose your best player Nick Bosa and that is so tough to come back from but there has to be some sort of contingency plans and there's not there hasn't been a lot of adjustments but I do think that with that being said, you know, next year you're going to have Bosa back. You're going to have, you know, quote unquote D Ford if he does come back. And that right there is a big part of your starting defensive line. So 
Um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that my confidence would go down in them because yeah. you don't, you have to assume that if they do bottom out this year, there's going to be a different quarterback under center next year. You would think so. Um, I'm just thinking about some of the guys that were available in the off season. How, how, how serious were the 49ers about acquiring somebody else? So they were supposedly the Tom Brady deal was all but done. Mm. Um, and I think it just fell through at the last minute because of like five, five or 6 million, I think that Brady wanted in like the, some sort of the contract language was off and they couldn't agree to a deal, but no, they were, they were very <laughs> serious about um, getting Brady and it looks like now they should have um, budged off of whatever their, whatever their stance was to yeah. acquire Brady. Do they have a, what's the cap situation for San Francisco? So they're up against the cap now, but they can make some moves by releasing Ford, uh, releasing Garoppolo and releasing Quan Alexander. That's like 65 million right there. So they can free up some space and bring in, you know, either a veteran quarterback if they want to, or they can go the rookie route and then just, you know, try to maybe sign a star, uh, maybe cornerback because they're going to need a cornerback next year as well. You know, I'm not a, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not a quarterback expert. I'm not a Kyle Shanahan's offense expert. I'm not uh, any of that. So sometimes with some of these names, it might not even be a good fit. And I apologize ahead of that, but you know, you're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo who, I mean, like you're saying, if the 49ers have a bad season, a spend, or if they have a good season in Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, they do have a good, a better season in spite of him. Um, you know, there's like what 24 million in savings with like two million in dead cap. So it's it's not very hard to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, from what I understand, and I, you know, stand to be corrected. Uh, I don't think that uh, Philip Rivers would have been a good option. Teddy Bridgewater's playing well for the Carolina Panthers. Um, Nick Foles has become the starter for Chicago, although uh, I don't think that's necessarily a uh, long, uh, you know, a move that you make for the regular season. Um, there weren't a lot. Jim, Janus Winston, you know, there's just, there's not a lot usually going out there and Cam Newton, obviously people make a big deal about that, but I'm not so sure that Cal, Cam Newton and Cal Shanahan are uh, the perfect fit there. Um I don't know exactly what the situation is moving forward in 2021. Have you thought at all about or looked into um, either veteran or uh, draftable quarterbacks for the 49ers? Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard not to when you see multiple interceptions from the current quarterback. <laughs> um, but so Matt Ryan has been a hot name because obviously, you know, Kyle Shanahan had his best season when Matt Ryan into that with Matt Ryan in 2016. So yeah. many people think that that could even happen at the deadline. And Kyle Shanahan's also been uh, vocal about Kirk Cousins, which I mean, if, if you're willing to move, make a move for Kirk Cousins, I feel like that says more about you than anything. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> hopefully that's not it. So those two, uh, Dak Prescott is a very interesting name. If mm. he cannot get something done with the Cowboys, to me, that would be like a home run, perfect fit for Shanahan, just because he needs somebody who is smart and can get you in good positions. And that is not happening right now. Yeah. There are a bunch of good quarterbacks in the draft as well. So they're going to have a lot of options. And you would think if they choose to go in the draft wise, let's say that they're going to bottom out and they win four, five games this season. Justin Fields would be a guy that I would be all over if I was mm -hmm. him. Uh, and I don't follow everything super closely, but is uh, Justin Fields and Georgia 
are they playing right now? So he, he Trent, he's he's uh, on Ohio State. Yeah, so oh, I, okay. I think they, they did come back. And I, I don't know if it's going to be this week or next week, but they are going to play again now. Okay. And another quarterback that it would be one to keep an eye on is a, a guy, uh, Trey Lance from North Dakota State, who's, who's more of like a, a raw project type of guy. So he might have to sit a year, which would put, you know, the 49ers in limbo for a year as well. I was just uh, – I just wrote an article for Turf Show Times before this just sort of talking about their new coordinators, uh, Kevin O'Connell on offense and Brandon Staley on defense. And, uh, you know, just to me, there's, there's an obvious connection there for both maybe with regards to, you know, Kevin O'Connell going to Atlanta perhaps where, you know, they had a chance – they didn't really have a chance, but, you know, there's this alternate universe where the Falcons – fire Dan Quinn and stick with Kyle Shanahan and say like, Hey, this is the guy that really helped us. So we're really going to stick with Shanahan here after that Super Bowl. Uh, but instead maybe they could get um, Kevin O'Connell who was a Washington football team guy uh, came in after Shanahan, but still had that connection with McVay and then Brandon Staley defensively um, the Rams having a, a very good defense right now. And uh, Staley has worked with superstars like Khalil Mack, Von Miller, Aaron Donald. So maybe the Texans would make sense for, for Brandon Staley. One name that I think uh, could drive a wedge between one of those coaches and a job might be Robert Sala. Uh, any thoughts on, on his, has his stock gone up or down, even though the 49ers aren't having a good season, where do you see him? Yeah, that's a great question because his name is going to be tied to every coaching position available just on the fact that what the 49ers did last year. Yeah. So I know, I feel like now it's going to be, how is he going to adjust with life without, you know, two dominant pass rushers? So while it's easy to say that, you know, after last game, giving up 40 points to a Ryan Fitzpatrick led offense, uh-huh. uh, that's not going to be great on your resume, but we're going to find out about, you know, Salah moving forward now. So with, I mean, seven playoff teams in a row. That's going to – there's not going to be a better test than that. He does a really good job, though. He's a smart guy. He always has them prepared. And he's just – he is a good coach. There's always going to be, you know, things to nitpick at, things to pull – tear apart from him. Yeah. His in-game adjustments are iffy. Um, He seems to – I mean, just with any guy, any defensive coordinator. But I do think he's a good coach. And I think that he has the pedigree and he has, you know, he's worked with a bunch of different guys and and everybody says, you know, really good things about him as well. So I do think I'd imagine he will be a coach next year somewhere. Yeah. A guy who comes off the uh, Pete Carroll tree and now the Kyle Shanahan tree. So he's got a definitely got good roots there. Um, Let me quickly ask you the, the um, Rams and 49ers have played two common opponents, the giants and Eagles. Um, But you've also played three that the Rams have yet to play. Uh, what are your quick thoughts on what you saw from the Arizona Cardinals and uh, Kyler Murray in his second season? Um, that is not a team that I think has played as well as maybe some of the expectations, but uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, the Cardinals were the offseason darling. Everybody, want, I think when you want somebody to be good, it's easy to root for them. And that's what mm-hmm. a lot of the media were, they were hyping up because, I mean, Kyler's fun, Cliff's fun. And that offense is fun, especially now that they have DeAndre Hopkins. But they seem so over-reliant on those two mm-hmm. that they're just not getting much done. And I'm not sure that Cliff has done a good job adjusting either in that situation where, you know, he should be just using some sort of decoy, some, maybe even David Johnson more. But, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be competitive, which is good. But I don't think that Arizona is as good as, you know, the next – the top teams in the NFC or even the NFC West. 
Um, and speaking of not the top teams, the, the 49ers next played the Jets, 31-13, uh, which was followed up by the Giants, 36-9, two road games. Easy, maybe, you know, it's like you feel confident because – the 49ers at that point are two and one uh, and, and destroying these two teams. Uh, did you see anything positive from uh, New York, the Jets? Um, no, <laughs> I, I, they are not good. I'm surprised Gase still has a job, honestly. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, not much uh, there. By the way, the Cardinals rushed for 180 yards, but the 49ers haven't given up anything close to that since. Is, was that just Kyle, not containing Kyler Murray? Yeah, they had, they had a hard time with – he just – he's faster than, <laughs> than the 49ers. And, and he did a good – I mean, he made some plays, so you do have to give him credit. But, I mean, the 49ers just did not play well. They, Arizona did a good job of taking advantage of the Bosa and Ford's over-aggressiveness. And lastly, you mentioned the Miami Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, they win 43-17. to 17. It was uh, Miami's biggest margin victory in uh, a few years. And to do it against the defending NFC champions um, is surprising. 259 yards of offense for San Francisco was their uh, lowest of the season. 436 yards allowed was their most. Um, I guess two, two parts would just be how good is Miami? You know, they're getting something going here with Brian Flores. They're believing in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, and uh, is that also just the score indicative of a team that the 49ers have kind of just given up on the game at halftime? And I'm not saying that yeah. they like fully gave up on the game, but it was, sure. uh, you know, I mean, they, they did, they pulled their quarterback. So that tells you all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I really don't as it's so weird to say, the defense didn't play poorly when you give up 43 points and that's not going to go over well, but the offense put them in some really bad positions and you can't give up a, a touchdown on third and goal from the 22 freaking yard line that happened. <laughs> um, and they were just, so they had two practice squad cornerbacks out there because they're down to like their fifth and sixth string cornerback. So it was that bad. And Ryan Fitzpatrick did a really good job of taking advantage of that. And the guys that were out there, they were getting beat so quickly, so off the line so quickly that Ryan Fitzpatrick just stepped throw and Devontae Parker, Preston Williams would just make a play. And you have to give him credit for that. And that was one area that you can blame Salah for, you know, leaving his guys hanging out to dry a little bit. But I, I really don't think the defense played poorly. And we, honestly, the 49ers, you just can't turn the ball over. You can't be in positions where – you're throwing punts on second down up in mm -hmm. the air. So I really don't think it, it's indicative of the 49ers. I, I have a weird feeling about this game coming up on Sunday. I don't think, I don't, I'm not sure that they're going to win, but I don't see a blowout just yeah. the way that they match up against the Rams. Yeah, and uh, divisional matchup, uh, two teams that know each other very well, two great coaches who know each other very well. And, uh, I, I, yeah, I can't imagine that it'll be of the blowout variety like uh, it happened against Miami. Um, San Francisco is at home. Uh, last question for, for you, Kyle, just uh, with Nick Bosa out this week, like who is and the rest of the season, but uh, who would you say is the 49ers best defensive player, the guy that you think if the 49ers win because of their defense this week, it'll be because of this guy? Fred Warner, 100% hands down. He's probably the best player on the team. He's really, really good. I'd argue that he's the best linebacker in the NFL. He does so much for them. And, like, he's second on the team in court. Like, he has one fewer 
quarterback hit than Eric Armstead, who's their best pass rusher. So he's doing it against the run. He's doing it against the pass. He's blitzing. And he just makes plays. And you need a playmaker. You need a guy that can get the ball back for you. So if they're going to win, it's going to be because Warner made a play. Um, Fred Warner, that is it for Pod TST. Thank you, Kyle Posey, for joining the show. Uh, go to NinersNation.com uh, at least maybe this week or uh, when the, the Rams are going to face off San Francisco uh, because they have the best coverage of exactly what's going on with the team and uh, to get a feel for uh, the fan base and the community and, and how things are going with San Francisco. Uh, Kyle, thanks for joining me again. And uh, that's it for this episode of Pod TST. Come back next week and we'll do it again.